the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the Custody Queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the Custody Queens. Welcome back to yet another amazing Saturday, I'm Samantha McBride, and I'm Kristen Holstrom, and we are the Custody Queens. Today we have an amazing show for you guys, we actually have an expert here joining us, Today, we will be discussing relationship flags. So with us today, we have Kimmy Seltzer. Welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited for today's show. So Kimmy is a confidence therapist, authentic dating strategist, and image expert. With a vat of knowledge and experience as a therapist, certified style coach, dating coach, and matchmaker, she's helped people find lasting love and connection, attract success, and build valuable relationships using her unique confidence makeover process. That is quite the introduction there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that, I am super excited to get into that. But before we get into our discussion with Kimmy, let's ask the Book of CQ questions for each one of us. So for anyone who's new joining us, the Book of CQ is a book of a thousand questions. We randomly draw from those questions and answer them. It's a fun game. All right, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Here we go. And you know <laughs> I love making you feel awkward. Yep. Okay. What is the one thing you thought existed but doesn't? Uh, unicorns. For a long time. For a very long time, I thought that unicorns existed. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Do you have anything like that? Santa Claus all day, dude. Santa? Oh, yeah. I mean, Santa Claus. My, my Santa story is pretty good. I was way too old way too old to figure out that Santa didn't exist. And I went to my mom because everyone in my class was making fun of me because they were like, he's very clearly, no, we're too old to not know this. <laughs> so I like marched home and went to my mom and was like, mom, is there a Santa? And, and she was like, yes. And then she just like stared at me and she was like, I am Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. that was a good one. All right, here you go. You can ask that. Was a good ask, one. You, now Sam, you ask Kimmy. All right. Bring it on. Find a good one for it. All right, Kimmy. What is the weirdest food combination craving you've ever had? Oh, I know exactly. When I was pregnant, I always craved tomatoes and cheese together. I don't know why. Like any, like a cheese sandwich and dipping it in tomato soup. Ooh, that's, Ooh, yeah. that yeah. Good. It still kind of sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm not hating. <laughs> I could get on board. Yeah, I mean, and I love caprese salads, which is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I love those. I, I think that my weirdest was when I was pregnant, too, and it was uh, maple bars, hot Cheetos, and Dr. Pepper. Mm. Dr. To Pepper. To get at the same yeah. time? And I don't even like regular Dr. Pepper, but when I was pregnant, it's all I wanted. Yeah, maple bar and hot Cheetos. Nice. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I mean, I'm a dip girl. I always want, like, some kind of dip. Yeah. I don't know that I have that, I mean, yeah. You do eat some weird things. Like what? Toast? I love toast. She does. And you always know when Sam's been at the office because you can find toast in our two toasters just hanging out all the time. All day. All day. <laughs> like re-toast it all day. 
<laughs> no, that that's a good one. All right, Kimmy, your turn I get to, to pick ask one. me. All right, okay. Kristen. Pick a good one, Kimmy. Pick a good one. There's probably toast in the toaster right now. There's definitely because she never actually makes it, needs it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love toast. Do you think a guy should always pay? This is a good question. What about on the first date? I am a very independent woman, so no. Uh, although if I was going on a first date, it would be nice to have someone do something nice for me. So I wouldn't decline someone paying for me, but I am a very independent woman. And so I am a firm believer that if you're in a relationship, that is a partnership and you both should put into it as much as the other one. And that might be a different, you know, be if there's a disparity of incomes, then obviously that changes. But I think that resentment builds if one person does everything, whether that's chores, whether that's financial obligations, but no, hey, I love, I actually love paying for everyone else. So, uh, you know, I'm one of those, I am a huge giver and I love taking care of other people. You really are. And I actually get kind of awkward when people try to take care of me. She also orders a whole menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going out to eat with me. Yeah, that is another reason I often pay is that if I'm going out with friends, I always like, you know, 10 different plates. And so I always, I offer to pick up the bill because I know that they would have only ordered like three. She eats right. like a bird, but she orders enough for an army every options, time. Options, options, options. Always good to have options. 100%. In many ways. <laughs> All right, I think now it's time to go into our next segment. It is called Divorce Wars. This is where Kristen and I and Kimmy is going to join us today, listen to a fictional fact pattern, and we analyze kind of how that fact pattern relates to the law. All right, so let's take a listen. This is Divorce Wars. This wealthy husband had a listed income of $1.5 million. He made most of his money here on the East Coast. At the end of the divorce process, it was revealed that the husband had another family in Seattle. He went by a different name and had an additional $14 million salary. How was he discovered living this double life? Seattle wife posted a picture on Facebook, tagged him with his West Coast name. East Coast wife posted a similar photograph of him. The facial recognition software tagged him with his West Coast name. But wait, there's more. Turns out he has a third wife and two children in the Czech Republic. He had moved to the United States to avoid family court and is still being pursued for extradition. Wow, uh, you know, I, I've heard of a potential second spouse, but threes, you know, that's, that's interesting. It, it, a lot of this is going to come down to who was the first wife. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're kind of looking at this, at least from a California law perspective, um, you can only have one wife. Uh, so any of the other wives, even if they thought they were wives, are not legally married. That doesn't leave you without a legal remedy in California, though. You could potentially petition for what's called a putative spouse, which would give you quite close to the same rights, if, if not nearly identical, the same rights as if you were a wife or a, a spouse. So the first assessment that we would do in that case is just confirm or deny that the first marriage was actually valid. And if it was in the Czech Republic, it would need to be valid in that country. And then if one of the 
United States marriages, West Coast or East Coast, I'm not sure which one came first. Whatever marriage was first, you would look at that. And then the, the subsequent marriages would likely be void. Obviously, we don't have all of the facts, but you can only be married to one person at one time, at least under California law. That's exactly right. And then there's a whole bunch of other issues kind of thrown in there regarding custody and support. And again, we have people, which kind of happens a lot, hiding money. So if, if there's money in Seattle and you're earning money in Seattle, obviously that should be accounted for in California. It's all the money that you make. California is very broad in its discretion to determine what your income variable is for the purpose of support. So it doesn't really matter where you make your money. Your money is going to be included in a support calculation um, based on the custody arrangement. Yeah, and if you have if you have a you know a party or a case in the multi million dollars as as this person does, you're going to want to get a forensic accountant uh, to to start to start determining what are the sources of that money. I'm sure there's going to be claims of separate property versus community property, but on that level, when you are dealing with multi millions, this is not something you want your attorney to just handle on their own. That is where you want to bring in a forensic accountant or an expert or a couple experts at that level to start tracing the money. And even if the second and third marriages are void uh, and there were children involved, there still is going to be the issue of custody visitation and potentially child support. Right. That's exactly right. So I guess we hope that these three women and man live happily ever after, after divorce. Yeah. I mean, the best of luck to that, that man who's now sounds like he's caught in a four way love triangle. Is it a square? Four way love square? (laughs) It just sounds like a hot void mess. That is a hot (laughs) void mess. That's exactly right. All right. So let's jump into it with Kimmy. So Kimmy, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I know you do a a bunch of things. Wait, before she tells us what she's going to do, I want to just let everyone know this segment is called Relationship Red Flags with Kimmy. So tell us, Kimmy, what, Sam, we have a lot of stuff going on with you. Tell us what you do. (laughs) Yeah, I was just listening to that case. I was like, there's a bunch of red flags in that case. (laughs) That I'll say. Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny when I listen to my bio being played back to me, I chuckle because the real reason why I got so passionate about doing what I do has to do with my own journey. And that was is that I got a divorce. And when I was like thrusted into this new life, I had to figure out how to attract a new partner. I had to know how to help other people. And here I was a therapist, like I should know better. And it wasn't until I actually had my own transformation happen. And I I caught my red dress moment where I slipped on a red dress and I saw myself different for the first time in my life. And so when I walked out into the world, I realized that confidence has to do with both outer and inner and that there's a symbiotic relationship between the two and so all that stuff that you read really makes sense to me and looking at people holistically and now I flip the script instead of working from the inside out I actually work from the outside in so I start with the way people put themselves out there the way they dress their first impressions their wardrobe And then I go inward as a therapist and work on their emotional intelligence. And then I take it to the streets and I work on their social intelligence. So how how we flirt, how we interact with the opposite sex. So I I do a lot of different things, you know, from styling to I have wing girl sessions. I go out. I'm kind of like Hitch meets what not to wear. You know those shows. (laughs) 
That is awesome. That's Love an awesome it. analogy. Yeah. And so, but then, you know, really I look at people as a puzzle and it's like we all have different journeys. Our past is connected to the future and the choices we make and the patterns that get created. And so I call myself a strategist now because I believe it's just breaking habits. We all have that that stem from somewhere else. And so if we can kind of plug in, whether it's your style, emotional, social intelligence, areas where you're having trouble with, that's when people get results. So I'm very results oriented and I fuse therapy and coaching together. So is part of that identifying the red flags? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, which is a great segue because I work with people in all different phases of relationships. You know, the first phase is courtship, which is the dating piece, right? The second phase is just pure dating. And the third is relationship. And this is what I find so fascinating about the red flags thing. And I learned this when I went to school to be a therapist. This teacher said to me, you know, usually what shows up in the beginning is what does someone in in the end. It's so true. So, right? Like, so think about true. that. The things it's you love so about true. someone. Yeah. And I, I, my husband and I laugh because I think he would say the same thing that I would, is that the things that I fell in love with, you know, my husband is very free. He's very loving. Um, not a lot bothers him. And that was very inviting to me you know, when I was much younger and now it it's it's kind of the bane of my existence sometimes right. because he's so <laughs> like go with the flow. And I, I mean I love that about him. And he would say the exact same thing about me. I was probably way more go with the flow than I am now. But it is, it's very true. Yeah. I mean I was working with this woman and and, and what I like doing is going back to the beginning. It's like what attracted you to this person to begin with? And this one woman was like, well, you know, I, I tend to attract these really charismatic guys. And, and the guy at the time that she had a horrible breakup with, he turned out to be a narcissist. Well, you know, that I, it was she had to learn how to break the narcissist code, as I, I say. And what enamored her was his charisma and his charm. And he was so such an extrovert and she loved it. But she was really quiet. She dimmed her light she didn't have her voice right and so she attracted that and so her journey was that she needed to learn how to like you know flip the script and change the beginning of the story and that is speaking her truth and you know expressing how she feels and what she wants in the beginning of a relationship wow yeah that's that's absolutely that it kind of speaks close to home with all of my failed relationships. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's really true. Like a lot of times when you meet someone or you start to date someone, you're like, okay, yeah, you know, oh, and there's this one thing, but it's like not a big deal. And then like that thing's the big deal in the end. You know, it's the thing you brush off. Oh, the, you know, everything else is great or that's the problem, but but everything else is perfect, and it's always that problem that rears up in the end. Well, because in the beginning, it's so exciting, right? It's like the honeymoon, and you might see the what I call pink flags in the beginning, but you overlook it because you're you're still in the the kind of drug of the beginning of the honeymoon phase, right? right? And then that wears off, the drug wears off, and then the red flags start surfacing, and there you are. It's like, what do you do with them? And some things are workable, and some things are big red flags. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. I love that pink flags. Yeah, they're pink in the beginning. So do you have like a list of any red flags or pink flags that we, we can talk to our listeners about to give anyone out there some advice with their relationships? Why, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first one definitely is communication. This is a biggie, you know, um, not just in your ability to communicate with your partner, but your communication styles. Like, you know, there could be one person who is more... Um, 
action oriented and and they talk through action and they don't express themselves through words but then if somebody else really wants to express themselves and then that other person's super uncomfortable they go in their cave there's a rub you know and so communication styles or the lack of communication is i think the number one thing number two i would say is trust trust is a biggie and Unless you're communicating, see, and that's where it kind of trickles down into the communication piece, because if the communication um, barrier is kind of broken, then trust becomes hard. And if you don't have trust. You don't have you don't, a relationship. You don't have anything. Mm -mm. You really, because with trust, if, if you can't trust someone, it doesn't matter whether or not they are doing something wrong. You are so actively concerned with the idea of is can I trust this person that I just I think you're like creating an inner torture mm -hmm. absolutely I've never understood those relationships when I you know talk to people in our business or just you know friends I've never understood the people in relationships that have to check phones or iPads or they go through it and you know you want to have everyone's passwords to everything if you're at that point I don't even know how you have a functioning relationship because the anxiety would just eat you up yeah, and I think it, it probably doesn't happen overnight. It's kind of like the frog in the boiling water, probably. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. And so I, I think it probably doesn't happen overnight, but at some point you're probably mirroring some controlling behavior and it's just becoming toxic no matter which way. Yeah, and that's why communication is so important because you could have a couple who, who is fine, but then there's like little red flags that creep up maybe based on their previous relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So if they came from a relationship where they were cheated on, for instance, mm -hmm. then they're in this new relationship. They're they're gonna keep looking for clues and signs. So if, if that other person looks at someone else the wrong way, the guard goes up, you know? Right. And, that, and so that's why communication is so important and how you can build that like, trust wall between the two people and also, you know, signs that you can, look for with each other you know if somebody says well I saw you looking at that woman you know mm -hmm. and she can assure him and say you know I was just I was just looking around because I'm happy and mm -hmm. and I look at people you know mm -hmm. what can you do to make each other feel comfortable I mean that's really where it comes down to so if you see a pink flag or a red flag yeah does that mean you run or do you consider running well that's why I like calling them pink flags because in the beginning in the courtship phase you don't know their red flags yet. I always say, and you probably say this, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, right? Like mm -hmm. it, I call it data dating, like you mm -hmm. collect data and it's like on a computer, if that folder, the pink flag folder starts getting really filled, it becomes a red one. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to start worrying. But to dismiss someone just because a little thing pops up here and there, that could be just from your past relationships right. that you're getting scared about. All right, any other red flags that you wanna highlight on specifically? Yeah, I think another one is really pay attention to if like your friends like that person. You know, often friends and family see things before you. <laughs> you know, basically, and and later, usually after a breakup, you know, those people kind of come out of the woodwork. We never liked that person, <laughs> you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and so how does he get along with like, or she get along with other people around them, like friends, waitress? How did how do they treat waitresses? You know, um, waiters, pilot, all the different people in their lives. And again, like that's something I think that is overlooked. Like you may see something in the beginning, but if you're really like enamored with that person, you'll be like, oh, well. He had a hard day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she was stressed. 
Right, right. So something that we see a lot in our field of law is controlling behavior. And we have to be very careful with the word narcissist because it's a diagnosis. Yes, and uh, And obviously I'm not qualified to give that diagnosis. But what I and Sam deal with a lot is narcissistic tendencies. Yes. They, they, are, they go hand in hand with a lot of domestic violence cases. Um, and it, it goes on. I deal with a lot of it with men and with women too. It, it's very prevalent on both sides. So is there any advice that you can tell our listeners that may have, you know, maybe going through a relationship where there's control going? And that, can, and that can be outside of an intimate relationship as well. Oh, absolutely. In fact, that was another red flag I was going to talk about is the controlling piece. You know, I think it, it again, it, it's how it's played out. And if it's becoming a problem where that other person can't even be themselves, you know, and then it's like crossing the line into abuse, Mm -hmm. you know, and which is another, you know, kind of form of controlling. I mean, there's being controlled physically, emotionally, you know, all different kinds. Like there's a woman I'm working with now and she's first started, you know, dating this guy and she's looking for the pink flags and she's worried because he's starting to show some controlling behaviors. Now she's labeling him controlling, but when she was talking about it, it sounded like things he was just insecure about. So he'll like kind of grab onto some things and and try to control aspects of her. Mm -hmm. But I'm not convinced that he's a controlling person. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a difference between behavior and then something that's truly diagnosable to your point. Yeah, and and I think that I am a slight control freak with respect to aspects projects my career but i don't i don't feel like i try to control anyone as a person so but i I definitely have issues especially in my career of delegating because it's one of those that it's if it's not done exactly the way i want it why delegate but it's it's something that i'm working on too of, of trying to loosen my uh controlling behavior with myself even well and I think like to your point the controlling behaviors usually comes from um, you know if you're anxious about something or uncertain and so you do things to try to like ease the anxiety by having these things you can control Mm -hmm. and that's different than a truly controlling person where you're feeling like stifled and not yourself I love that I love that too so do you have any advice for anyone that is kind of going through a divorce or getting out of a divorce and they have children and they're dating and uh yeah that's a that's a big question (laughs) you know and i and i've been through it and i help so many people through it you know i think the first thing is as as you are healing and getting out of the divorce and you're thinking about maybe going out and dating again or looking at another relationship the first thing is always get back to basics and like really it's a time of rediscovery and like almost a rebirth on who you are and what were you like before the divorce and getting back to those things because you know your identity gets wrapped up in the couplehood when you are married for a really long time and you almost forget who you are separate from that person so it's an opportunity to almost it's like an emancipation for someone Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm not gonna lie like it's a perfect time for a makeover that's why I like love (laughs) doing dating makeovers and helping people feel sexy and getting their mojo back because it's super important you know to feel like that that person again yeah especially if you have kids and that that's interesting how you kind of work from the outside in is it kind of like a, a fake it till we make it thing in a way? Like, yeah. let's let's act the part and then we start to feel a little better and, and work inward? 
Oh my God, yes. And it's not a superficial thing. Like there's been research done on this. This is why I love it. And that, you know, when you actually, there's a term called enclosed cognition. They did studies on this. And in the brain, what happens is that when you wear something different, you perform better, you act differently. And there's just research out there that says your body language shifts, right? Wow. Like, and you become almost, right, like act as if. Yeah. Like, you know, it's almost like Halloween. I love Halloween right. as a perfect example. It's like so you have I. this like costume confidence. Like you'll have this little <laughs> shy girl dress up in this vixen outfit and, be, and suddenly she's like, you know. Costume not, confidence is real. It is real, y'all. And when you have a good hair day, I'm not gonna lie, it's a good day. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I can, I'm not a Halloween person, but I can, Definitely attest to the good hair day. I, I, good hair, good eyelashes, man. Hundred percent. See, the costume would be good for you for <laughs> releasing the control, exactly. right? You know, it, it, I, I, I hate Halloween. I don't. I mean, I, you know, I loved my kids have three costumes each, but I don't know. I've just never been. But maybe that's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have you on the couch one of these days. We'll kind of explore what that's I'm, about for no, you. I'm but. all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. But uh, if our audience and our listeners want to find you, how do they do that? Yeah, the easiest to go to my website, it's KimmySeltzer.com, K-I-M-M-Y, Seltzer, like the water.com. And pretty much all my handles are at Kimmy Seltzer. But if anyone has a question and they want to be in my community, go to Ask kimmy.com and you can ask me a question and I have all sorts of goodies like you can take the dating archetype quiz to see what kind of dater you are and all of those things so that's great do you work with just people that are going through breakups or separations or do you work with men women of all types I do not discriminate I work with people of all kinds all ages men and women and going through many different phases of relationships a lot of times the people who come to me for dating advice, like they get into successful relationships and then it's kind of the next phase, you know, helping them. But sometimes people come to me who are, you know, already in relationships and they want to learn how to just better themselves for the sake of the relationship. That's great. I love that. All right. Well, we have to wrap it up. This was another great show. Gone too fast. I know. Thank you so much for for being on our show today. It was very interesting. I don't think I can ever call it a red flag before I call it a pink flag from now on. And you said pink is your favite color. I know. So I just, I'm going to, take that and I'm going to run with it. Um, But thank you again for being here. Kristen and I are so appreciative of everyone for listening. Please make sure you keep listening to us every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Go Country 105. You can also check out our social medias. We have Custody Queens, Custody Queens on air. You can follow Kristen at at Custody Queen Kristen. You can follow me at at Samantha McBride. And if you guys want to call in, if you have a question or need a consult or anything, that you've heard today, you want to get in contact with Kimmy or or anything in between, please feel free to give us a call at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us, we're the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.